Welcome to Broadway Radio's Tell Me More. I'm your host, Matt Timonini. On Tell Me More, we strive to talk about projects and topics that don't often get covered in theatrical podcasts, especially in depth. On today's episode, I will chat with the unbelievably passionate and inspiring two-time Tony nominee, Stephanie J. Block. As she has for the past five years, Stephanie is preparing to sleep out on the New York sidewalk for the Covenant House's Broadway Sleepout. This annual event, which will take place on August 21st this year, raises money and awareness for the mission of this incredibly important organization. With nearly 2 million children in America facing homelessness every year, the Covenant House exists to provide these young people with safe shelter and wraparound social services, including education and job training, so that they can move forward to an adulthood free of violence, poverty, and the threat of homelessness. Every summer, Stephanie and other Broadway community members fundraise for Covenant House to keep the lights on and the doors open for all of the kids who need help. Then, they spend an evening getting to know some of the kids whose lives will be better because of their work, and then spend the rest of the night sleeping on the street in their place. Stephanie is a longtime, incredibly active supporter of Covenant House and is again an executive committee member for the Broadway Sleepout, along with Capathia Jenkins, Audra McDonald, Rachel Brosnahan, Darius DeHaas, Jeff Calhoun, Rachel Sussman, and Angela Grovey. But as of this recording, they will have nearly 75 Broadway community members sleeping out on the street this year. If you would like to contribute to the Broadway Sleepout or just to learn about the Covenant House, go to broadwaysleepout.org. To open our interview, I admitted to Stephanie that even though I was familiar with the great work that Covenant House does, as I started preparing to talk to her, I was overwhelmed by the breadth and depth of services that the organization offers to these young people who walk through their doors and I asked her to kind of just run through some of the great services that the Covenant House offers. Well, I mean, I think one of them would be kind of the most obvious and what most people would think of when they think of Covenant House. If you are a youth under the age of 21, 22, you can walk off the streets into uh, their beautiful facility on 41st and 10th and say, I need a place to stay for the night. It can be a one-night occurrence, just like that. No questions? Well, there are some questions asked because they do want to maintain the safety of those sure. living at the house. But it, it can be as, you know, as dire as there are gang members after me or I've just been kicked out by my parents and I only have a park branch or you guys. Can I have a safe roof over my head? That's one. Then there is the longer, and I think I always take it as this is what the covenant part means of Covenant House, hmm. is that you can uh, make an agreement with them and say that I will go forward with my life, uh, whether that means finishing your general education, whether that means getting a job and saving money to benefit your future, whether that means wanting to start in afresh off drugs, or if you have mental uh, you know, um, disabilities, they can help you in that regard. So that facet to me is not only just a safe haven for the night, but an absolute decision by these amazing and resilient youth saying, it's time to change my ways, it's time to change my life, it's time to take my life into my hands, but I need help. 
and sometimes it's really difficult for people to ask for, especially when you're a 17, 18, 19-year-old kid. So they do all these things, and it's beyond the roof. It's beyond the, the meal. It's like I just said, it could be anything from making sure you get your proper ID, your social security, your driver's license, enabling you to get a job, to enable you to pay the rent, to enable you to get off the, the, the services of Covenant House and to fill your future on your own. So it's very complicated. These kids um, walk in, uh, some of them open-hearted, some of them not trusting any adults whatsoever. And the facilities and the extensive uh, outreach that Covenant has is from medical therapeutic, uh, lawyers, educational, um, helping them find a job. So there's job training. Um, they will find ways to care for the kids that are homeless, their kids. It's uh, really, And what they've built there is something extraordinary because I said it's not necessarily just a quick fix. It's changing the kids' lives, which in turn changes the next generation because they go on to be productive wonderful and responsible citizens, whether it's to the city, state, or, or country. And how can uh, we that are so fortunate not, you know, um, endorse that and, and honor them? Yeah, that, like I said, I knew of Covenant House and kind of the general message. But when I started looking at it and all of the different facets of what they do, it really is. Uh, oh, yeah. But it's two things. It's, it's heartwarming, but it's also it's also a little bit gut-wrenching. Yeah, because to think yeah, about yeah. there are so many... I don't want to say kids, but it applies to specifically for Covenant House for children. Yeah, youths that are homeless in the New York area. It's just, it's staggering and it's it's frustrating. All their stories stories are so different. I mean, you know, once they do open up, once these kids do open up and want to trust us and they tell their stories, it really runs the gamut. Now, the outcome is the same. They end up on the streets, but how they get there and the personal touches, and I will say, coming from Republican Orange County, California, I defined homeless as a certain way, and that was, you know, you took a wrong turn in your life, and this is, well, that opens, now, granted, no longer a Republican, (laughs) I want to make that very clear. (laughs) Understood. But... When these wonderful kids start talking about how they ended up that way, and that's how I ended up wanting to be a part of Covenant House, I one year just said, absolutely, I'd love to sing for one of your concerts. And I stood in the wings, and I listened to some of the kids that were living at the house. They were giving, you know, testimonials as to how they ended up there, or now they've graduated college. And there was... Uh, there were a few stories that just touched my heart and, again, redefined what homelessness was. And I thought, wow, I thought I had the handle on homelessness and why they end up on the streets. And you can't. Until you hear each individual story, you have no idea. And whether that's human trafficking or whether that's you're not allowed to be homosexual in our home, get out, or whether that's you have mental problems and I don't have the patience or the time or the money to deal with it, get out. Or, you know, something like their parents have died. They, they were raised in a single-family home and their mother or father passed away and the rest of their extended family doesn't want to care for this child, you're out. It's, it is heartbreaking. But when you speak to every single kid, and Kevin Ryan, our president, speaks to this perfectly, and he says, you know, homelessness is the least important and interesting thing when it comes to these kids. And it's very true. Their dreams are so real. Their hopes are so real. And they believe in what 
is going to come the next day, the next year, the next 10 years. And um, that's our mission is to make sure that they are lifted up and not only accepted for who they are, but celebrated for who they are. And when you do that and you see their posture change and they're willing to face a new day, you know that they are making a difference in their lives and what you have, you know, whatever that is, your time, your financial um, support, it really is changing them in such a way that it's undeniable. It's undeniable. You mentioned that kind of looking at homelessness, you had a certain perspective on how these kids got there, what that meant. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was mm-hmm. wondering, and I was thinking about, you know, the sleep out and all the different things that they do, why more people wouldn't just be, you know, throwing themselves at this problem. But I, I imagine that there are a certain amount of, of boundaries for people who want to get involved. There are barriers that need overcoming, or maybe the, the situation needs to be explained to them with all the work that you do, and I know you do a lot with Covenant House beyond just the sleep out, or like you said, singing at, at events, you really get in and get to know these these kids and you you know mentor them. For someone who might say, this is heartbreaking, other than giving some money to this cause, what can I do? But they are maybe a little bit uncomfortable. What would you tell these people about what this experience is like? You have to open up yourselves just as much as these kids do. I would say I'm I'm glad you feel a little uncomfortable, but I think you're even more brave for wanting to step on the precipice and say, it's time for me to help. So I would congratulate them in and of itself. And once they step into the four walls of Covenant House, and whether that be here in New York or Baltimore or Philly or Detroit, you will be welcomed with open arms, especially by the staff. You will be spoken to in a manner that will give you the tools necessary to walk alongside these kids. I really edit myself because I don't want to say help. I don't because mm-hmm. we're not there to per se teach them or, you know, um, men, um, I know we are there. We do become mentors, but it's not ever forced. It's not ever, I'm here because I know more than you. Therefore, let me teach you the ways of the world. It's never that. It's, I'm here because I see you. I care about you. And I just want to be sure to listen to you if you have questions. And it's that simple, Matt. It's You can go in and help them or teach them how to balance their bank account as they're starting to learn and save money. You can help them in ways in the kitchen, like teaching them how to make healthy meals. You can sit on the other side of the table and say, hey, I hear you've got a job interview coming up at wherever, Best Buy or, uh, you know, Home Goods, and let's just sit here and run through a few questions. It's something that is seems so mundane and maybe obvious to those of us that are able to wake up every day in, a, in fresh sheets and take a shower and go to our job, but for them, they're starting something that the adults in their lives never taught them. And uh, those skills are from anything like making a really good, you know, pot of coffee (laughs) to um, learning responsibility and showing up to places on time. So I would say anybody, anybody that feels um, the calling to help these amazing kids and this amazing mission, take one step, clean out your closet. If you have any, you know, sports coats or ties or professional dresses or, you know, lightly used shoes, whatever, bring them to 41st and 10th, walk into the building with that 
you know, reason of just saying, here are some lightly used clothes for these kids to move forward, get a sense of what the place is. Next thing you know, you may be alongside of them in a writing class where you guys can write poetry together or, you know, sing a song. I can't tell you how many times I've been asked to sing Define Gravity with someone or, you know, for good. And you think, wow, I would never think that these kids are so in tune with musical theater. It just didn't even cross my mind. And yet, I'm telling you, they are still artistic and hopeful and kids at heart. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, it's been really amazing also to stand alongside um, Kevin Ryan and Audra and all these other wonderful people that have the outlet of musical theater and introduce them to live theater. And the way they start to ask, the questions they ask are so astute, are so deep, and they take on these characters. They find themselves in either the plot or a character. There's one guy at, at the house who I just madly in love with, and he calls himself Lola because he's now seen Kinky. He saves up his money to see <laughs> Kinky Boots as many times as he can. And that, in, in skin, he feels and wants to be and is Lola. And it's a beautiful thing to watch because he walks with a purpose, he speaks with joy, and you go, man, one piece of musical theater has kind of redefined and allowed this guy to recognize himself in and through art. Wow, that's awesome. And I think I think that story, you know, just about the idea of musical theater being something that they're even cognizant of, that reminds you that these aren't statistics. These aren't no. just numbers on some government, you know, study. These are human beings and they need uh. as much sustenance you know, from food as they do emotional and, and, and that's yes. something that I think Covenant House can give them. Yes, it's, it's really incredible. I mean, you know, inspirational voices is a, a very meaty part of what we do. Um, Broadway serves is a very meaty part of what we do. And these kids, when they not only hear them perform, but are allowed to stand alongside them. And it's, um, it's a wonderful program called Songs in the Key of Me. M-E, and they start to compose their own stuff, or they say, look, I don't have the musical talent, but I've written this poem, what do you think? And then we're able to come in and, you know, musicalize it for them or underscore it for them, and the way their work is elevated, and then sometimes at these concerts, you know, the um, Night of Broadway Stars, it, it happens at Lincoln Center, and they're standing center stage at Jazz at Lincoln Center, and they're singing their music to 1,200 people. It, you can't describe what that is. And all the kids that are in the wings supporting them, and they run off, and they hug, and they're in tears, and they're shaking. And from there, it propels them to move forward, and like you said, in other ways that sustain them. But at the core of it, man, I think we can say to everyone, it doesn't matter who you are. Every walk of life has got some sort of element of artistry in them, and like these kids are no different. Absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit about the sleep out specifically. This year's event is going to happen on August 21st. You are an executive committee member, I don't think for the first time. So for those people that don't know exactly what this is all about, can you explain some of the, the basics about what it is and what the goals are and how it works and who's involved and stuff like that? Yeah, this was a, a program. The sleep out had existed through Covenant House through some, you know, exec they have the executive sleep out. They have the young mother sleep out. And Capadia Jenkins and myself, I think we are going on our fifth year. So it was six years ago. We said, well, I mean, honestly, 
you know, let, let Broadway sleep out under the stars. And that sounded a little too romantic, right? So we as uh, very dramatic and theatrical people said, Broadway sleeps out under the stars. And it sounded like this gala. And we certainly didn't want to paint it as anything that had any sort of uh, bells or whistles to it. We as artists, a lot of times we get to get, to get dressed up and have fancy openings and galas. And that's not what this is. This is just showing up and saying there are no, there's hardly any press. I mean, you know, aside from what I'm doing with you and just to raise the awareness, we show up at six o'clock the night of, um, most of us have fundraised. We have a fundraiser page and that's broadwaysleepout.org. And you can, you know, sponsor us much like Broadway Bears. So you can go on there and sponsor us for $5, $25. And it's really just saying, I support you and what you're doing. Um, there's no prize at the end. It's just saying what you guys, I'm behind it. So we show up and we sleep out on the streets. And at 6 p.m., we gather inside the Covenant House. We hug each other as, you know, friends and peers. We meet some of the kids. We hear from the staff. We get to experience in a very small way um, their mission and what takes place night after night with 300 kids sleeping under that roof. Uh, and they tell the story. We'll have like two or three kids that are living there that are brave enough to stand up in front of us. And the beauty of it is, um, with all due respect to the executives and the young mothers, there's something about the Broadway and artistic community that we're so used to stepping in the shoes of other people and characters that our empathy is like, times 10,000. So we're listening to these kids and we give them standing ovations and we're weeping with tears. And, you know, I'm taking a little bit of liberties, but because I have now seen it five years running, they are taken aback to see this sort of open-heartedness and emotion that we take on because of their bravery and their story and their epic journey and their hope. They really have become so... I don't want to say attached, but they rec they also recognize themselves in us. So then we go off into small groups, and we can discuss anything from mental health to drug intervention to the ins and outs and daily uh, responsibilities of the kids at the house. It's very open to questions. Uh, and then it, it hits about 10, 30, 11 o'clock, we grab a cardboard box and a uh, sleeping bag, and we go outside onto 41st and 10th, and we lay at the bottom of their house, and their bedroom windows overlook where we spend the night, and they mm. think we're crazy. They're not quite <laughs> sure why we're doing it, <laughs> but, you know, they, they also have to be aware, as we are so vitally aware, that we wake up the next morning, we have a croissant or, you know, whatever, a donut, and we get to drive home and clean ourselves in a shower and then take a nap in a, in a nice fluffy bed, if that's the case. But by no means are we pretending to be homeless, and I think the kids completely understand that. It's just really an act of love to say for one night, I'm going to be uncomfortable, and I reached out to all my family and friends in hopes to raise money for you to better your future, which in turn just betters everybody's future, you know? And yeah. um, it changes you. Every single year, I think I know what I'm stepping into, 
And every single year I'm changed in a different way or I become aware in a different way. And, you know, as you mentioned, if people knew of this sort of this mission, why isn't everybody jumping at the chance? And we still haven't found the key to, you know, that answer. And I'm sure every sort of uh, philanthropical group feels the same way. You know, we, we all sure. feel so passionate about our cause and our mission that you'd like, if anybody knew about this, how are they not? And it's, it's tough. And with every year, with every passing year, there's a, another cause and, you know, another um, way to draw your attention. And so we are so thankful for outlets like you to just let the community know that we're here. We're not going anywhere. If you're not involved this year, by all means, we really would love for you to join us next year. Um, we're very proud because we do feel this year with, uh, I think we've registered almost 65 sleepers. We're hoping for 100. We still have a month. Um, but we are going to pass the raising a million dollar mark for them. Wow. So, um, yeah, so it's been individually uh, raised. Uh, we do have the sponsorship of Tom Viola and Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS um, because of the, you know, the uh, the gay community. There's there's a lot of these kids that are living right there underneath our noses, you know, reaching out for for help all because they're living their authentic life and their families or their communities weren't able to embrace them. So they're homeless because of who they are. And Tom Viola, he recognizes that. And so he's helping our mission. Um, I have so much to say, and I know I speak way too lengthy to get a really a great soundbite. So thank you for editing me and, and getting to the point of everything. But um, no, no, it's the night's great. uncomfortable. It's yeah. not dangerous, per se, because we are underneath the security of Covenant House. Um, if you have to, there is a bathroom for you to use. So, again, by no means are we pretending or believing that we're homeless, because we certainly recognize all of the, in quotes, perks that we have. Sure. But there's not much sleeping. It's There was one year or two years ago we had flash floods, and we were all, you know, running underneath the awning trying to keep dry, and it was impossible, and it was uncomfortable. We're right at the mouth of the Lincoln Tunnel, so trucks start at 2.30 in the morning, and by 5.30 in the morning, you're just like, are you kidding me? This is the longest night of my life. <laughs> the ground is hard. I mean, you know, we hear the rats. They're there. Um, so it's not glamorous. It really isn't. But you know you're impacting somebody else's life, and you do walk away being impacted by the experience. Yeah, and 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 like you said, I mean, being right underneath the the windows of the bedrooms of these kids, I imagine that even though they understand that this is mostly symbolic, that it's a sign of compassion that outside in the other, you know before they found Covenant House they might not have had a lot of compassion in their lives. So it's probably as much for raising money as it is to give them a sense that there is a community and a group of people out there that do care. And that's probably just as valuable as the money yeah. uh, in some ways. We, we see them. We see them. And that's very important that they know that they are not invisible. We walk these streets every single day. And like you said, the homeless, the, stat, the stats are going up. So it's really difficult to ignore them at this point. But most of us are in such a hurry that we don't even look down or we avoid looking down because we don't have the time or we don't have the, the change or, you know, another thing that they tool us with at Covenant House are these wonderful business cards. So you can just go up to them and say, look, if you need a place to stay, 
here's the card, you know, please feel free to use it for the night or even longer. But the even longer part comes with great expense. Um, None of this happens for free. (laughs) I mean, you know, there's a lot of love, there's a lot of care, there's a lot of attention, but these services are not cheap. And so that's why we got to keep sleeping out. That's why we have to keep, you know, expanding the net of asking people to give, asking people to sleep out. But I do emphasize once you do sleep out, it changes you. You look at the world Mm -hmm. slightly different and you look at your blessings slightly different. And um, Covenant has a way of making you want to do more. And I love that about them. Yeah. Well, I, I don't want to take too much more of your time. You've been fantastic already. But before I go, I would be remiss if I didn't ask a couple quick questions about falsettos, if please. that's okay. Please, please. Uh, okay. Well, I know I've seen all the stories about the speaking of sleep outs, kind of like the sleepovers and stuff that you guys have had and how close that cast was. What did it mean for you guys to be able to come together and perform again at the Tony Awards? That's not something that's afforded to a lot of shows that have closed prior to the Tony Awards night. It was so, we were excited, but yet when we stepped into our costumes again, it felt like coming home. And I know that, again, uh, uh, theater dramatic, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) But it really did. We all looked at each other. It had been five months since we were wearing those costumes. And yet, at the same time, it felt like we hadn't taken them off. We love the story. We feel like we're going to be connected to the story and each other for the rest of our days. Um, It's not an exaggeration when I say that we are in touch with each other every single day, whether it's one silly picture that Brandon sends out or, you know, Andrew saying, hey, I'm over at such and such. Anybody want to pop over for dinner? Or it really is that. And the, we became a, a family in a way because of this material. I think because of the time in which we were allowed to tell this story. And um, the bond is great. <laughs> so I feel very blessed. I know there's that old, you know, a quote that says, don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. And it's a really bittersweet. I still miss it every single day. And I feel so lucky we had those 14 weeks. But there was something important about the story that I feel like more audiences could have and should have been able to sit in that theater and kind of hear these words and kind of let this message marinate, especially in this political climate. Yeah, that's. it seems like a, a perfect mix of kismet that this production that had been rumored for a couple of years finally hit at the exact moment in our history when it did. It seemed very, very appropriate. Right. And it's rare. It's rare that the time and the place and the people and the content all come together to create. And I, I you know, I, I always say I'm ruined. I don't know what's next for me because <laughs> I'm, I think, I think that was the peak. <laughs> no, no, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. Not for a minute. (laughs) No, never. I don't believe that in one for one second. But you mentioned that, you know, you wish that more people could have seen this. And while it's not the same as sitting in the theater to see the story in front of you, a lot of other people are getting to see this show that didn't have a chance to see it between the screenings, the screenings across the country. It's going to be on PBS. And, you know, to me, I kind of think of it as the fact that I grew up watching the end of the woods that was on PBS and the, the Sunday in the park it's Sunday in the park. Me too, yeah. me too. So for generations, people are going to be able to see this and not just say, Hey, that was a Broadway show. That was fun. But the message of this show moving forward again, especially in this political climate, like 
the reach of that, not only now, but into the future, seems like that has to be just as important as anything else with the show. I, you know what? I feel a little selfish that I happened to say that before you brought this to my attention. <laughs> I am very much aware, and I think it is reaching people that could never have gotten themselves to New York City, perhaps paid the $136 sure. for a ticket. So yes, I do love that it is reaching a lot of movie theaters in a lot of corners of our country with kids that express themselves over social media every day about what the piece has meant to them and how um, it's affected them in a way. And a new generation that maybe didn't even know this piece existed, but a friend of a friend said, hey, come. And now they are, again, going to sound dramatic, but in their own words, you know, forever changed because of Bill Finn and James Lapine and falsettos. So that is thrilling. Somehow, because of not doing it in my own skin, in my own body, feeling my feet on the stage every night, it feels a little... Um, uh, outside of myself, if that makes sure. sense. Yeah, so absolutely. we made something, and now it's out there um, for people to enjoy. And maybe that's what I'm expressing when I say selfish, is that I, too, don't get to experience um, oh, how no. people are touched by it. So I miss that, and that is my own sort of ownership and what fed me beyond the material and my cast night after night is, you know, like you just said, there's a lot of theater that's extraordinary, special. Um, the production value is not to be believed. But to say that the piece is important, you know, we can use that term lightly, but falsettos is important. And when you are lucky enough to be a part of something that not only is entertaining, um, but is important, it's pretty rare. It's. I, I think it's perfect what you said. I mean, it kind of... But whether it was Covenant House or or Falsettos, the fact that just being able to hold a mirror up to people who need to see some sort of compassion or need to see themselves in other people, I think that that has a lot uh, of impact on people who might not have anywhere else to turn. So I think that's a kind of a perfect marriage of these two topics uh, in some of those I things you I feel like said. you are being far more articulate than I. The word <laughs> compassion is exactly right. And in this day and age, regardless if you're standing in a Starbucks or sleeping out on the street or standing on a Broadway stage, if we, got, we all need it. We all need it, especially now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tell Me More. My name is Matt Tamanini. You can find me on Twitter at BWWMatt, and you can reach out to Broadway Radio on both Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. We will have all of the contact information for the Covenant House and details about the Broadway sleepout in the show notes and on broadwayradio.com. But just in case you need them again, why don't we let Stephanie do the honors one more time? It is Broadway Sleep Out, not outs, broadwaysleepout.org. It will send you to the main page. You can look, you can become a sleeper, so you can join the sleep out itself. You can donate to your whatever quote unquote favorite performer or someone who you recognize or would just like to be like, oh, well, they haven't raised anything. I'm going to give to them. I invite you to do that. We've made it very easy for you. And every dollar makes a huge difference. So even if you want to skip to mention Starbucks again, well, no, I'll just say coffee. Poor Starbucks. They're really, <laughs> I'm really using them a lot. But if you want to skip a coffee for the week and can donate $35, it all adds up and it makes a difference. And I'm proud to say that because of those $25, $10, we're going to get past a million dollars. So please know that anything you give makes a big difference and we're going to keep on going to change the lives of these wonderful kids. 
Today's guest, Stephanie J. Block, can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Stephanie J. Block. Tell Me More is produced by me, with special thanks to the man without whom none of Broadway radio is possible, James Marino, as well as Tom Manning and everyone at Covenant House. Our next episode will be out in two weeks, when we will be talking about the issue of diversity and representation in theatrical casting. Thanks again for listening, and remember, we are led to those who help us most to grow if we let them. Also, always get a second scoop, and when you get the chance, ask people to tell you more.